This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Today, Moth and Cicada meet an old woman. If you're new to the podcast, you could check out the archives on the website and listen to the episodes you've missed. The address is in the show notes. You don't have to, of course, but this is the kind of story where details add up. Welcome to the fifth episode of The Moth Collection. The Moth Collection. Episode 5. On the Lake. The old woman sat in a folding chair at the end of the dock. The sun hung just a little over the tree line, and the windless afternoon had been hot. A heavy, marshy smell clung to the reeds near the shore, but at the dock's edge, the air had a clean tang to it. The darkening pines lining the lake had gleamed bright green all day. That color was burned onto the woman's retinas. She was seeing it even now. The water, so still it looked metallic, had gleamed bright blue for the same length of time and was now getting inkier. In two hours or so by the old woman's reckoning, it would be a solid black slab. What rare waves marred the surface were created by drifting pontoons and the odd energetic student with a kayak and something to prove. The woman drank beer out of the bottle. She kept the beer in a red plastic cooler upon which she rested her crossed legs. The bottle she was draining now was not her first one. There was a heliotrope scarf tied around her hair and a straw hat pulled over it. The lock that escaped from under the scarf was pale gray, not quite white. She liked that. She wore no shades. Never had. Set no store by them. She wanted to see the world as the Lord was giving it to her. Her eyes were half shut in a perpetual squint under the brim of her hat. She could have been Clint Eastwood's sister, if the Eastwoods had been partial to powder-blue shorts with enormous pockets. She wore her canary-yellow shirt, tight to expose her midriff. Her lined skin was leathered and loosely spread onto a tight lattice of muscles. There sat a woman who did not, in fact, care what your own tastes in clothes were, and hadn't for a long time. She gave a convulsive sniff. A smell like someone was baking almond cookies right behind her had suddenly hit her. The scent was distinctive, and it made her insane with the sense of recognition. She'd smelled this before. On her honeymoon? In a bakery in Paris or something? No, that didn't sound right. Then the smell was gone and a gorgeous redhead wearing a finely tailored light gray business suit and flat-heeled shoes was standing halfway up the dock. The apparition held a wooden cane, but didn't really lean on it. 
the old woman put a hand on one of the many loose pockets of her shorts. Hello, ma'am, said the redhead. Hello yourself, the old woman said, undoing the button on the pocket's flap. You lost, love? I didn't hear you come up the dock. I don't know as I like that. I'm pretty sharp-eared as a rule. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. I'm new in town. We're about ten kilometers from town. On gravel roads, said the old woman. Her voice was gravelly, too. The redhead smiled as though that had been quite the amusing retort. What was she, in her mid-fifties? Bit of grey in the red of the hair. Still, in great nick, that was for sure. When she smiled, she looked like she'd just walked out of the pages of the magazines in Dr. Archambault's waiting room. Her makeup gave the impression that it had been applied by a highly paid studio team. I meant in the neighborhood, she said. Do you have a name, love? Moth. Just like the vanished smell, the name gave the old woman a short-lived mental prod. Feels like I've heard that before. You'd think I'd remember where, weird name like that. She frowned. Her brain felt dim. It couldn't be the beer. It never had been before. And what may I call you, ma'am? People in town call me Aunt Sheila, but Sheila will do, I guess. Moth's gaze on her had an uncomfortable intensity by Sheila's reckoning. On top of the peculiar week she'd been having so far, this was all starting to grate. Look, she said. Moth, are you here to try and get me to sell? because I've been polite up to now. Now there was affection in Moth's eyes, and it drove Sheila crazy. No, no, nothing like that. Sheila deliberated a minute longer, then shrugged, and pushed the cooler to the side. All her life, what she remembered of it anyway, she'd been at her best when she was decisive. It didn't much matter what the decision was. What counted was making it. There was always time later to come up with reasons as to why it was the best decision she'd ever made. All right, she said, her tone gruff but not unfriendly. Come on up, have a beer. You can sit on the cooler. I haven't left two chairs on the dock since my husband died. I'm sorry for your loss. That was five years ago last Wednesday. I've had time to get used to it, Sheila said, but her voice quavered. Come on. Moth had taken all of three steps when the old woman stood up. Sorry, love. Hadn't noticed the foot. Guess the cane is no affectation. Have the chair. What happened to you, if it's not too nosy? Job accident, said Moth, opening the cooler and taking out a bottle. A decade ago, far away from here. She sat on the cooler anyway putting the cane down at her feet. And something about the way she looked made Sheila sit back down in the chair without pressing the issue. They drank in silence for a few minutes. Moth was sweating. She was not dressed for this weather, but going on a job dressed informally made her more uncomfortable than the heat. 
not at all like her wife, who would no doubt show up in jogging shorts and a sports bra. Beautiful spot, Moth said at length. I'll bet nothing ever happens here, and that's the way you guys like it. Sheila grunted. That sounded like a line out of a Chandler novel. Still, anything different happening in town lately? Moth asked. The gun in Sheila's pocket was suddenly out of it. Sam, it's been a weird-ass week, and you're not pulling toward normal, dear. Moth's hands went up marginally. She was grinning. Fast as ever. As ever? Moth was just about to elaborate when a bewildering number of things happened more or less simultaneously. The almond smell was back, though a bit fainter this time. A man jumped out of the water behind Moth, arms raised, fingers like claws. A woman's voice shouted, Get down! Moth dove to the planks of the dock and rolled at Sheila's feet, letting go of her bottle and pulling out her searer. Two searer streams vaporized the man's head and upper torso. A normal bullet whistled through the air where his throat had been a fraction of a second before. The discrepancy's squeal of elemental rage was cut short, and what gushed out of the meaty wounds was not blood, but steam. Steam, hissing and sizzling. Sheila spun in her chair and shot again, this time toward the source of the warning voice. Two. Cicada went to her knees, holding her upper arm. Blood snaked through her fingers. I'm okay. I'm okay. It barely, it touched, barely me. touched me. Moth's face had gone green, and that could be seen even under her concealer. She got the note, but it made no difference. Her seer went to the old woman's face. Sheila's squint hardly twitched as she trained her gun at a point halfway between Moth's eyebrows. I'm okay! screamed Cicada, getting up. I'm okay, sugar. Everyone stand down. It took a few minutes to sort everything out. A smoldering Moth examined her wife to satisfy herself the gunshot wound was indeed minor. Cicada told them both it definitely was, several times, trying not to wince. Sheila grudgingly apologized after watching the fizzing half-man sublime into steam and end up as an iridescent slick around the dock pillars. Did you notice the waves? noted Cicada. Swimming away from the dock? answered Moth as she finished cleaning the wound. That discrepancy wasn't alone. She was only slowly simmering down. Yes, it was just a graze, but it had gouged a deep enough groove across Cicada's bicep, and it would leave another scar. I like my scars, noted Cicada, reading her mind. You like my scars, if it comes to that. How many discrepancies did the brief mention? A number, the brief says, a number of discrepancies. So, more than one, I suppose. Right. What do we do about the melted one in the water? Moth shrugged. Nothing. Job's not done. 
No cleanup crew just yet. She sniffed angrily, startling an already skittish Sheila. The containment isn't making her as compliant as a normal bystander. A team of ferrets straining lake water would definitely make her difficult to manage. She hasn't forgotten everything. Not completely. Yes, it's obvious she's experiencing all kinds of deja vu. Moth sighed. You just know they'll change the protocols after this, to prevent married ops from working the same job. I won't tell if you don't, noted Cicada, her eyes laughing as she brushed her curly hair aside. Her brown cheeks had a hint of pink to them. I love you, noted Moth, staring at Cicada's lips. When she tore her gaze away, she simply found herself looking at other bits of her. Cicada was wearing jogging shorts, but she had a t-shirt on. No matter. Moth knew exactly what her wife looked like in a sports bra. 3. They were sitting around Sheila's kitchen table, eating tea biscuits without a word. Cicada had declined a beer, so she drank apple juice, using her bandaged arm to show she was perfectly fine. Really, she was, guys. Moth was done drinking. Sheila stayed on the beer. She hasn't changed, noted Moth. Always quick on the draw, always quick to shoot. Cicada chuckled. What's funny? asked Sheila. She sounded befuddled, suspicious, angry, miserable. She got old enough to miss answered Cicada, patting her wife's hand. Moth stood up and went to the old radio. She switched it on, fiddled with the dial at random. Please, Sugar, no, Vauna. I've just been shot. I'll put on Michael Jackson or Taj Mahal if you like. Cicada looked touched. You're sweet, but it's not a question of making you suffer either. Mozart piano trio? Music I can ignore. Reasonable compromise. Moth stopped the dial between stations, and the first piano trio wafted from the speakers. Are you guys psychic or something? asked Sheila. There was nothing tentative about the question. We're a pretty old... Cicada trailed off. Friends, said Moth. Right, said Sheila. Her slight grin was knowing, yet devoid of aversion. I had a friend, too. Ended up marrying him. Good man, but we never got to the psychic level. Started too late, I suppose. She took a long, deliberate swig of beer. She'd seen things today. Are you two from before... Before what? said Moth, knowing she sounded a little stupid. All right, be that way, said the woman. She looked back at the darkened lake, her eyes pensive under the squint. How about this? I'll tell you about me, and you can answer my question after that. She took off her hat and her handkerchief, and shook out her thin white hair. When I showed up in town more than twenty-five years ago, I woke up in the hospital. Someone had picked me up from the street. I knew this about me. My name was Sheila. No family name. 
I spoke English, French, and Spanish. I was sixty years old, and I was in great shape. I have no accent in any of these languages, but I curse in English when I'm startled, so my money is on that one as my mother tongue. I remember nothing before waking up in that hospital. I'm not complaining. I've had a great run in this place. It's a swell little town, and I even managed to get married. I'm not the easiest woman to live with. I have a feeling I wasn't the Marian type before, but how would I know? My husband, his name was Gary, we tend to have normal names here, was lovely. I was lucky to find him, and in the fifties to boot. He was a rare breed. He even had a daughter. That's her with her husband and son on the wall there. So I kind of got to know what being a mom and a grandma is like. Tell you what, though. I get nightmares every other night. Nasty ones with monsters and blood. Never really remember the details, but the feeling sticks to you. She swallowed some beer. And sometimes, oh, this is a fun one, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm convinced I can speak more than the three languages I do speak. Exotic stuff for these parts, too, like Suomi and Malagasy and Hossa. Sometimes it stays just long enough for me to write down a couple of words and sentences. And when I look them up, well, what do you know? They're right. That's That's weird. weird. Cicada noted. The briefs are always wrong. Why would the washing be any more competent? I'm talking, said Sheila. Moth and Cicada blushed, and their eyes flicked back to her. This kind of stuff makes you wonder, you know. Gary used to call me his space lady, bless him. There were years of love in her life. Still, what could I do, right? I went to doctors a few times to get my memory back, but nothing worked. And these morons just like to stick needles in you to see how cross-eyed they can get you. So a year into it, I told them to go suck an egg, and I got on with the business of living past the age of 61. Turns out there was quite a bit left on that side. Fast forward to last week. What happened last week? New people in town, Sheila said finding their way to just about a meter away from wherever I happened to be at any given time. At the grocery store, at the gas station, at the library. I worked there for a few years, and I still volunteer a couple of hours a week. What did these people do? None of this is surprising to you two, is it? She chuckled. One, they all stared at me. Two... Many wanted to talk to me. Three, when they did, I got flashbacks to events that never happened. Flashbacks to those half-remembered nightmares I mentioned. Four, some of them had mud on their shoes, and it was the weirdest damn stuff you ever saw. Purple, glowing mud? That's exactly it. How many did you see? Well, I got paranoid, didn't I? So after a couple of days, it looked like the whole damn town had been replaced. Started walking around with a gun in my pocket. In this burg. Side note, I hardly need tell you that I seem to have some remarkable muscle memory that kicked in the second I had a firearm in my hand. Turns out I'm a great shot, and I never knew that. Anyway, 
if I have to go by the ones I'm pretty sure about, two men, one woman, who looked a little like you, Marth. Go on, do that thing when you talk in your heads. I'm kind of glad she retired not too long before I got my posting, noted Cicada. I've missed her, answered Marth. At least three discrepancies working together. That's unprecedented. Sheila had crossed her arms and was staring at them. You done? Because one last thing happened two days ago that you'll want to hear about. On Saturday nights, I go to town and have a drink at Moe's. Used to do that with Gary, God rest his soul, and never saw the point of stopping when he died. So I'm there, same as always, and this guy sits near me at the bar. He's got a notepad and he's scribbling away like a madman. Half an hour later, he turns to me. Goes from zero to full nutter in two sentences. Starts telling me about this book he's writing. It's science fiction, a genre I never really got into, and it's all about a crazy interdimensional agency and the crazy agents working there. You know what they do? You tell us. They hunt down monsters that come from outside our universe. She sighed. And he goes on and on, and he calls the monsters discrepancies, which is cute. And now I'm looking at this guy, and I have no idea why he's telling me all this, but I feel like the room is collapsing in on me. I'm starting to hyperventilate. I don't know why. And he just keeps talking, getting closer and closer, asking me if I like the idea, asking me, get this, if I ever heard of something like this. And I slam my drink down, and I run out of there before I shoot him out of his chair. He actually tried to follow me out, but I cut out across the woods and lost him. That was two days ago? Yes. Did you see him again after that? Oh, yes. When? Half an hour ago, when you lasered his head off. She shook her head, her face a study in bemused wonder. Now, I'm not stupid. I was part of a world where stuff like that happens, wasn't I? The barest pause. Yes, I have questions. Did you guys know me? Barely, in my case, said Cicada. But I knew of you. Did I like it? Was I any good at it? You were very good at it, said Ma. That other question there, said Cicada. Most of us tend to go back and forth on that one. Sheila pushed her thin lower lip out. What happened to me? You retired. Sheila's squint became even more pronounced. Maybe she simply closed her eyes. I see. Then what did that man, that creature, we do call them discrepancies, said Cicada. What did that discrepancy want with me? When it spoke to you? No idea, said Moth. When it showed up at the dock? It was trying to take us out, said Cicada. Maybe not you, but Mott and I, definitely. There are more of them about, said Moth. Sheila drank. Then she drank some more and finished the bottle. What now? Cicada beamed at them. How about we cook dinner? I don't know about you, 
But when I get shot, I get hungry. A little blood was seeping through the bandage. The t-shirt was ruined. This annoyed Moth more than it did Cicada. Biscuits aren't cutting it. Come on, we can stay vigilant as we eat. They had spaghetti. They were sitting in the parlor eating ice cream, cookie dough, under the bay window, watching the moon rippling on the water, when the lights went out. Four. Cicada was instantly at the corner, half-crouching, searer in hand, peering through the window. She blinked repeatedly. The night wasn't very dark, but it still took a few seconds for her eyes to adjust. Think they're trying to get us to leave the house, she noted. The music is not from a real station, is it? said Sheila. Mozart winked out. Sorry said Moth, moving in front of Sheila and drawing out her own Sierra. See, See anything, anything Cicada? Cicada? The house, the house is, pretty is pretty isolated. isolated. It's all trees all and lake. lake. Sheila stood up, checking her gun. I can protect myself, she said. I know you can, said Moth. I'm counting on it. It makes my job easier. But you're 86 years old and your gun, as good as you are with it, will have no serious effect on discrepancies. Please don't be difficult about this. Cicada, Cicada I know I you're hurt, hurt, but you but need you to sweep, sweep the, house. the house. I'll stay I'll with stay her. With her. I'm, I'm not hurt, said Cicada as she left the room. She moved silently and efficiently. Moth motioned to Sheila. Are all windows closed? Will it stop anyone coming in? No, but it'll increase the likelihood of us hearing anyone coming through. Sheila grinned, a hint of excitement in her eyes. That made sense. A few must be open. It's summer. I'm not big on AC. That's for Americans. Close, Close any windows you see open, open Cicada. Cicada. Her wife's sigh of exasperation was clearly audible from the other room. The entrance to the house is not quite so exposed said Moth. Come on. There's a room used as an office. It's clear, noted Cicada. Downstairs is clear. I'm going up. She quickly appeared in the corridor as she sped around the banister. Stand in the corner there, Sheila, said Moth. Cover me. Most people never knew what cover me actually meant, but clearly the washing process had been dreadfully deficient in Sheila's case. This would have to be addressed with collection, but it was convenient just now. Moth peeked through the glass pane in the front door. Nothing. Trees and road. Bathroom clear, noted Cicada. Closing the window, sir. Moth rolled her eyes. Of course, Sheila noticed. She's telling you everything she's doing as she's doing it? The old woman asked. Moth nodded, almost adding, and being sassy about it, then gestured to keep quiet. There's a weird glow coming from the northwest corner room. What's the northwest corner room? Asked Moth. Main bedroom, said Sheila. Be careful, Cicada. Silence for about a minute by Moth's reckoning. 
Cicada being careful. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Fireflies. A swarm of them all over the bed. I've never seen anything like it, Mort. There was the distinctive outward gong, inward silence of a searer blast. And a howl of agony. Yeah, those aren't fireflies. Get out of the house. Five. Moth shoved the front door open and jumped through, Sierra out. She left the cane in the umbrella stand. When things went sideways, she could do the job without it. Indeed, it was a condition of recertification. Her stump would hurt something fierce tonight. Come on, she called back. Sheila was breathing hard, but she was on the move. It was darker outside than Moth had expected. Cicada, Cicada once, you're, once done, you're done, home in home us. us. I love you. Another seer shot. Oh, that noise. From upstairs. Moth broke into a sprint toward the woods on the east side, confident that Sheila would be at her heel. The urge to run to her wife was overwhelming, but then it always was and Moth had learned to manage it. Some thirty meters further on, there was a bit of an upward slope that ended in a smooth ridge overlooking the house, and it seemed like it might offer both reasonable cover in the form of trees and a fairly good vantage point on the surroundings. As they ran, the two women never talked. Sheila was in superb shape for her age, but she needed her breath to move. Moth was concentrating on keeping her grunts of pain low. Her stump slammed into the recess of her prosthetic foot at every driving step. Suddenly, she was sprawled sideways onto the ground, and Sheila was shooting at a small shadow. It had come out of the trees, knocked Moth down, and fled when it realized that Sheila was armed, not understanding that the weapon was no searer, perhaps. Moth rolled and sprang to her feet, scanning the tree cover, Sierra up and twitching. Are you done with your fireflies? I think so. I found the second one. Small bugger, really fast, likes to play with its food. I'm coming, sugar. The shadow swooped back from behind them. Without a sound, it tackled Moth to the ground again, as though they were playing rugby, and was gone. It moved with an eerie liquid grace. Its touch was cool. Sheila's bullet was wasted again. Moth spat blood and dirt. Run, she said. Six. Sheila went full tilt for three minutes, deeper and deeper into the woods. At the 45-second mark, she heard Moth spill to the ground again with a flat moan. Sheila didn't look back. She barely slowed down. She was surprised at how tranquil she felt, all things considered. At the root of her relaxed state was a deep satisfaction, a warm feeling that she was again doing what she liked. She knew this was her thing. Her body knew it. 
As useless as her gun may have been against these creatures, its weight felt right at the end of her arm. She came to a large poplar and stopped. She was winded, but not that much. She flattened herself against the trunk, lifted her gun up, and waited. The tree snapped its branches over her like arms. Thousands of leaves whistled, crackled, wrapped themselves around her body in a tight cocoon that felt as though it were made out of wet paper. They moved against her skin in a peristaltic motion that brought her to the edge of vomiting. Her weapon was taken away from her. She heard it fall to the ground with a dull thud and never saw it again in her life. Then the tree began to speak to her in her mind. 7. Moth wiped the blood off her upper lip with the sleeve of her suit. It was irretrievable anyway. Set her jaw against the boom vax and fired her searer three times. She missed twice, which hadn't happened in at least twenty years by her reckoning. The third shot did hit the discrepancy, but barely, almost as though it had let itself be grazed. The small, thin creature, which she still hadn't managed to see properly, emitted what sounded like a childlike sob and retreated into the undergrowth. Cicada, I need help. I'm nearly there, sugar. And she was. Cicada gasped at the blood and bruises on her wife's face. Don't talk, she noted. Where is it? They stood back to back, and both revolved on their heel, slowly peering into the foliage. It's been toying with me. I winged it. After a minute, Cicada whispered, It's gone. They scoped the woods, it was like a well-rehearsed dance, and that felt good. Right now, Moth was ready to take anything that felt good. Cicada often said she would like them to dance more often, but Moth had never taken to it. I should have, I should stayed, have stayed with her, with her. she noted. I trust, I trust your instincts, instincts baby. baby. A rueful smile tugged at Moth's lips. That discrepancy, that discrepancy was, after was after me, me not her. Not her. It could have killed me a dozen times over. I never felt this clumsy in my life. It's just too fast. Oh, you're getting slower, noted Cicada, and regretted it immediately. Moth looked so hurt, Cicada nearly cried. I'm sorry. I trust your instincts, but come on, sugar. We're both thinking it. I don't want to talk about retirement whispered Moth as she moved between the trees, stepping carefully over the snaking roots. She wasn't going to put this in the notes. Sometimes she had a suspicion that Collection had access to the material they deleted. She stared down the sight of her seer. She did not trust herself to make eye contact with her wife. We have to talk about it, Mott. I got shot three hours ago. Cicada suddenly raised a hand, and they both stopped dead. They listened intently for twenty seconds by their reckoning. Then they began walking again. I'm forty-five, 
Cicada went on. These jobs are getting into my knees, honey. You're ten years older and you're missing a goddamned foot. We have to retire at some point. That means forgetting you. Moth's tone was sullen. She gestured to the left and they both faded in that direction. Cicada's hand rested lightly on Moth's neck for a breath or two, and the redhead shivered. Baby, forgetting one another is how this ends. You know that. I know that. I hate it, but I know it. Collection won't push for either of us to retire, but if we don't, we have to keep showing up for the jobs. And that means that at some point, one of us, you, let's not kid ourselves, is going to get eaten as the other one watches. Sugar, I'd rather forget you than bury you in pieces. There was a drawn-out moan ahead of them, very faint, a little to the right, and the debate was suspended for the time being. Ten steps further on, they saw it. In the gloaming stood a tree with the strangest disease Moth had ever seen. An enormous, bulbous cylinder grew along its trunk, and the whole flaccid structure heaved and throbbed like an artery struck with thrombosis. Moth couldn't make sense of it, but she was repulsed at the sight nonetheless. The shape moaned again, and suddenly Moth twigged to what she was looking at. Oh my god, that's real Mirkwood stuff. I don't know what that means, Cicada. How many times had Moth said that in the last ten years? Never mind. What is it doing to her? It's a new one to me. Look alive. Use the serum only if you absolutely have to. Moth put her own serum away and drew out her divisional garrote. She walked gingerly around the discrepancy to come up from behind it, as it were, though of course it was difficult to know which way was front and which was back. She held her garrote in one hand, letting the lethal strand dangle down, which was not regulation, but throwing it over the discrepancy's head was out of the question. The tree stood at least three meters tall. She remembered Spider holding it like that. She put her shoulders forward, as though she were readying herself for a tackle. A glance at Cicada. Ready? Ready. Cicada took careful aim. A shadow flickering much too close to her wife. Moth sent one note behind, behind you. you. Then she ran forward without looking to see whether her warning had helped. She was mad with worry, yet detached. Cicada was every inch the op that Moth was. And yes, she had ten years on her. This job, it splintered you. She snapped her garrote sideways at the tree, over Sheila's swaddled shape, and caught the other end of the strand as it whizzed back to her. She heard the bell and silence of Asira discharge. She braced her prosthetic foot against the trunk of the tree. Then she heard another shot. And a simultaneous cry of, not of pain exactly, of annoyance perhaps, somewhere off into the woods, and she pulled at the garrote as though she wanted the tree to snap into. 
Her muscular shoulders stretched the dirty fabric of her suit. The tree shrieked. The branches flew open like arms, releasing Sheila, who took one hesitant step, then another, then fell like a dead thing into Cicada's arms. Get away, noted Moth as she strained at the garrote, pulling her chin down and inward against the boughs slapping at her. Pull her out of danger now. Through the desperate flurry of leaves, she saw Cicada hauling Sheila's body away, her strong arms hooked under the old woman's shoulders. Cicada was wincing. The bullet wound would be smarting a bit just about now, but working through the pain. Is the small one straight-lined? No, Cicada noted. It got away. A flash of black and red is all I saw. Maybe it's it's not not just just about about you getting getting slow. slow. That's sweet of you. you. Protect her. The discrepancy's branches suddenly slithered into one another, rushing from up and down the trunk, and amalgamating until they were arms. The grooved bark smoothened and became more and more like flesh, and then Moth was struggling with a woman, and damned if they didn't look a little alike just as Sheila had said. Spitting, the discrepancy spun sideways. An unexpected move, Moth felt her foot slip, and to her consternation, she was suddenly pitching forward. Reflexively, she released her grip on one side of the garrote and tumbled in a heap to the ground. She sensed the discrepancy's veined, leafy hands reaching down for her neck and rolled desperately aside onto her back. She cried out. The edge of a half-buried stone had dug like a knife between her ribs. She threw her legs up over her head for a backward roll. She'd used that move a thousand times, both in training and in theater, but tonight she was going to regret it. The stone pushed even harder against her kidney and left a gash in her suit, her shirt, her skin, and her pride. Well, that was what baths with Cicada were for. Now she was on her hands and knees, breathing shallowly as she faced the discrepancy. She struggled against the eerie feeling that she was looking at a long-lost sister, the one who'd had a rough life and was going to make a bit of a scene at the family reunion. The discrepancy snarled. Her mouth opened, and opened, and opened. There were wooden teeth in spiraling rows all the way down her pulsing gullet. Tuck, tuck, sugar. sugar. The gushing clang and gulping hush of Cicada's serum. And that crater snapped shut. Now a mouth again. The discrepancy's left shoulder had disappeared. Green glowing slime spewed in frothy lashes as she spun round under the impact. With a roar, Moth sprung. She brought the garrote over the tree woman's head again and, disregarding protocols, wrapped her legs around the creature's writhing hips. The woman could have cut Moth's legs off, but she was hurt and confused and crazed with hate. Moth grit her teeth and pulled on the garrote. 
The discrepancy gyrated and thrashed, hooted and wept, and Moth pulled. She pulled because those howls were horrible, and they shamed them all, and she wanted the howls to stop, and she pulled until they did. She pulled until the elemental filament entered into the flesh of the woman who had been a tree. She pulled until the woman's head cracked off and toppled to the ground, and the woman became a tree again, sawed in two, and Moth could count the life rings on the inside of the trunk. 8. Sheila lay on her back, her head in Cicada's lap. She was sweating, her gray hair was wet, and looked pasted to her skin. So, Moth, she croaked with ebbing vim, are the briefs as hopeless as ever? Moth chuckled sadly. How much do you remember, Spider? Sheila's crooked grin widened. Say that again. How much? No, the name. Spider. The old woman blinked a few times and every time a little more moisture was squeezed at the edges of her eyelids, until at last a shivering tear was formed. I've missed being called that. Sheila, I ask you. She took a long, juddering breath. I remember everything. That tree worked me until I remembered. It wanted me to remember. What did you tell it? Spider scoffed and some pinkish phlegm escaped from between her dry lips. Nothing. That discrepancy was straight-line thinking I was a blank. Butterfly retired yet? He would have signed anything. Cicada sucked in her breath. Butterfly died on the job with me, whispered Ma. Damn, but her back hurt. More than fifteen years ago, by my reckoning. Spider had the grace to look abashed. I'm sorry to hear that, she said, echoing collection. We lose good people now and then, said Moth, doing the same. It happens. Cicada pursed her lips. Charming. Question. Why are they going after retirees? Hoping for a backdoor to the net, I should guess, said Moth. Clearly, the washing is just as inept as everything else at the office. The memories are not so much erased as misplaced. One implication of the theory did not impress Spider. Discrepancies working together? Don't be stupid. She groaned and shifted in Cicada's lap. Cicada mopped the sweat off the old woman's brow with a fold of her t-shirt. Thanks, honey, said Spider. I'm sorry I don't remember you too well. You came in near the tail end of my career, didn't you? This one's nice, Ma. You guys an item? Were you always this inappropriate, you old bat? Cicada shot back. You have no idea, said Ma. We've been married ten years, Spider. Happy? Moth nodded as she and Cicada exchanged glances. There was more pain there than Moth would have liked to see but it was not for lack of love. I'm glad for you, Moth. Love at Nethouse is no easy thing, so I was told. Sheila stretched out her hand. Give me your Sierra. 
Moth hesitated. I just want to hold one in my hand, you jittery idiot, for old time's sake. Moth pulled out her weapon reluctantly, flipped it in her grip, and gave it to her old colleague. Spider hefted it with every appearance of satisfaction. She examined the boar, traced the side with a bony finger, checked the charge. Suddenly her gaze narrowed on a point some ways away behind Moth and she raised the weapon. No, said Moth with quiet authority, without even turning round to look where Spider was aiming. The small silhouette was watching them from behind a clump of low bushes, almost invisible in the grey light of the moon. Moth shook her head. Let it go, Spider. Spider's finger tightened on the trigger for a second or two, then the old op dropped her hand to the ground. Moth went to her knees, scooped up the weapon, and holstered it away again. The discrepancy stayed motionless for a moment longer, observing them, then evaporated like dew. You always were too soft on the bastards, Moth, groaned Spider, not without affection. Did I teach you nothing? More than you know, said Moth. Don't think I'm not grateful. Her mouth twitched as she put her weight on her good leg. We need to call collection. Come on, let's go back to the house. Right. That's going to be a little difficult, seeing as I can't move anything below the ridge, said Spider. That tree did something to my spine, I reckon. Cicada swore. We'll take you with us. Mott, help me carry her. Don't bother said Spider. But medical can take care of you, pleaded Cicada. Spider twisted angrily in her arms. Are you both mad to be patched up and then washed and dried again? Spider almost spat on the ground. I remember every mission I was on. I just survived one last encounter with a discrepancy, with two discrepancies. Her smile was wan, yet gleeful. And I remember my husband. She stared at them both, one after the other, fixedly, until it became uncomfortable. You want me to trade that in for a chance to tell Collection that he's an idiot? Hell, you tell him for me. That'll do me fine. She grunted and hawked more reddened phlegm. She was trembling with the strain of speaking. I was good at my job, Moth. I was good at my job, and my Gary was wonderful. And both those thoughts are in my head right now. Cicada, honey, can you get my wallet? It's in the front left pocket. There's a picture in it. Take it out and give it to me. There's a dear. Looking embarrassed, Cicada rummaged around the pockets until she located the wallet, which turned out to be solid pink. I'm having a great day, Spider went on. I even got to meet the one real friend I had in my first life again. And be happy that she found someone right for her. Cicada had pulled out the photo, and Spider snatched it out of her hand. I mean, look at him. Wasn't he handsome? Yes, yes, Moth and Cicada said in unison, keeping their eyes on the old woman. 
You bet he was. Are you hearing me? Now I can hit the end wall knowing I've won it all. Her eyes rolled. She coughed hard enough to make Cicada's hair flutter. I won't lie to you, though. It hurts like the dickens. She took a deep, whistling breath. She took a whole raft of them. Can you take care of that for me, Moth? Blood was beginning to trickle from her nostril to her mouth. The pain was not making her look beautiful or noble. Can you take care of it for good? Moth glanced at her wife, who merely shrugged. For all that Moth prided herself on making the hard calls, and she had, and she would. It was Cicada who was the real pragmatist. Still, once it was decided, there was only tenderness in the way Moth rested her hand on Spider's shoulder. The resentment Moth felt, she kept to herself. Cicada saw it, but she knew her Moth well enough not to let it show. Spider remained oblivious, as she had been to so many things in her life. Perhaps she had a better excuse tonight. The old woman's body relaxed, loosened, settled. The lines around her eyes lost some of their sharpness. Her brow became smoother, and fifteen years dropped off her face. In time, she fell asleep. In time, she stopped breathing. Then Moth felt herself waking up. She was in Cicada's arms, holding on to her tightly, suddenly aware of every point where their bodies touched. She had no idea how long they had been standing like that, near Spider's inert form. She felt as though she should cry. Maybe she would, later. This is Vincent Lauzon. I hope you enjoyed this fifth episode of The Moth Collection. If you did, by all means tell people about it. It really helps, don't you know? And come visit the website, which has a bunch of fun things and extras. The glossary is updated after every episode, and there are links to the music Moth likes. The address is in the show notes. So... We finally meet Spider, and something is afoot with the discrepancies. And retirement means forgetting. Well, well, well. The Moth Collection is written and read by Vincent Rouson. Production by Transuranic. I hope you'll be back in two weeks for another episode of The Moth Collection.
Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top 5 sandwich toppings, top 5 movies of the year, top 5 celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top 5 list. That's where my podcast comes in. My name is Tung La and I am the host of Ranked, top 5 lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there. To create a top 5 list of any and every topic we can think of, like top 5 brunch menu items, top 5 fictional dogs, top 5 90s songs, top 5 Steves? The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for ranked top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five.